0: We're going to wrap up our series, All I Want for Christmas. So this is the series that we've been doing and so hopefully you've been following along either with our online services or with the at-home services that we've been sending out to you and uh, been journeying through the different themes that we've talked about. We've been focusing on this recognition that all of us have things that we want, that we yearn, that we long for and crave, but that Christmas really sums up in a beautiful way what the deepest longings and yearnings are that we have. The first week of the series, we talked about hope. And we talked about it in the context of being able to say, hope is a confident expectation of what God is doing and what God is going to do based on the past. All of us yearn for that confident expectation. All of us crave that sense of hope that we all desperately need. And Jesus comes to bring hope into our lives in a deep, deep way. Two weeks ago, we talked about the theme of love, reminding ourselves that God is love. Not just that God is loving and that God does loving things, but that God himself is love. The very essence of God is love. And so everything that God does is always about love. And then last week we talked about joy. And we unpacked this interesting verse that's in 1 John that says that the message of Jesus is that God is light and there is no darkness in him. A fascinating way of being able to unpack what the message of Jesus is, that God himself is light and there's no darkness in him. And so God comes to shine a light to help us to see things clearly, to see the way forward, but also to push back the darkness. And so Jesus comes as the light of the world to set things right once and for all, which produces a sense of joy in us, which is different to happiness, but a sense that, yes, everything is right with the world because of what Jesus has done. And so a quick reminder that you can access all of the messages from the last few weeks uh, online, so on our website you can scroll down and uh, last week's message is always uh, sitting right there for you to grab. You can go to our YouTube channel, uh, you can get that through our podcast, so if you want to catch up on any of them, you can feel free to do that. And today we're going to wrap up this series by talking about this theme of peace And I want to begin by sharing a story with you. So a number of years ago, there was a submarine that was being tested. So obviously when they build a sub, they need to make sure that it's waterproof, (laughs) clearly. So the only way to do that is put it under the water. And so they do these big tests where they take the sub out into deep water and they take it underneath, and I can only imagine the amount of stress that there'd be about that. Let's hope that they nailed everything down properly. So they took this sub out did a whole bunch of testing, they were gone for many, many hours as they did all of the testing with it and everything went really well. And so they came back, they came back into the harbour and uh, so as they were all getting off of the sub, the captain was asked, so how did the sub go with that massive storm? And the captain was like, what storm? And they had no clue that while they'd been under the water, there'd been this huge storm that had come past and they didn't feel any of it. They were in this part of the sea that is apparently called the cushion of the sea, which is a part that if you go far enough under the water, all of the stuff that's happening above just kind of goes away and you're cushioned from all of it. And so all of the thunder and the lightning and the rain and all the wind that had happened and the massive waves that were crashing, they didn't experience any of that. They just had this sense of Peace. And I think that that's a really, really beautiful picture of what peace looks like. Because again, sometimes we can think that peace is the absence of any storms, but in actual fact, peace is about having this depth to us that allows us to experience the peace that Jesus has got for us, even when there's a storm that's raging, that we're still able to tap into that and to be able to have a sense of peace below the surface. So when we talk about peace, we are talking about a word that is incredibly rich. And the Old Testament word for peace is the word shalom. And I like to use that as a word because when we think about peace, it often has a whole bunch of stuff attached to it. But when we hear a different word that we don't use very often, it's easier for us to attach new things to it. And so as I said earlier, peace is not just the absence of conflict. Peace is not just the absence of war or the absence of fighting with someone or not having an argument or anything like that. Peace, shalom, is wholeness. It is completeness. It is life the way that it's supposed to be. And in the Old Testament, there's all these beautiful images that are attached to the word shalom. So there's images of different types of animals, including predators and prey, lying down with each other and being at peace, at shalom with one another. There's pictures of justice having been served, so again, not just the conflict finishing, but justice having been served and everything having been completely sorted out. When it's talked about in terms of relationships, it's not just the end of two groups of people fighting, but shalom is used to talk about those people then making a decision to say, and now we're going to work together, a sense of partnership as they move forward together. It's used to talk about walls that were broken being completely repaired and restored so that they're whole and complete. And I think that this idea of shalom and peace is something that all of us crave for, all of us yearn that sense of life the way that it's supposed to be, that sense of completeness, that sense of wholeness. All of us have a deep longing for that. And it's good to recognise that it doesn't just come to us when everything is neat and tidy because that doesn't often happen in our lives. But even when things are hard, we can experience this sense of wholeness and completeness that comes from the peace that Jesus brings. And so peace is a major theme of the Christmas narrative, right from the very beginning of it. And interestingly, it's often contrasted with the idea of fear. Fear and peace are often held in tension. So Mary, an angel appears to her, and what are the first things that the angel says? Don't be afraid. Don't fear because there's a message of peace about what's going to happen. An angel appears to Joseph. What's the first thing the angel says? Don't be afraid because this is what Jesus is going to achieve. This is the peace that Jesus is going to bring. An angel appears to the shepherds. And so I'll read from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among the shepherds and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So the angels regularly come with this message, don't be afraid. Now part of that is don't freak out, I know I'm very shiny and it's probably a little bit scary, but it's gonna be okay. But there's also this greater sense of being able to say, don't be afraid of what's about to happen because I come with a message of peace. And I think it's great to be able to contrast those two things because so many of us experience both of those things in our lives. We often experience fear and anxiety and that's a natural response that we have whenever we're in stressful situations. There's been more and more research that's been done over the last couple of decades in particular about the reality that whenever we're faced with a situation where there's a significant amount of stress, And even when we perceive that there's going to be a certain amount of stress, it may not even happen, but if our perception is there, then our bodies have this instant reaction and they release all of these chemicals into our bodies that then make a whole bunch of things happen. So you've had all of these experiences where your breathing increases, where your heart rate increases, where your thoughts start to swirl and everything starts to kind of tense up and you start to get freaked out. That's a natural response to fear and anxiety that happens in our lives. And when we think about peace, we can think about the opposite of that. Our breath slows down, as we did earlier in the service. Our heart rate slows down. Our thoughts slow down. We start to feel more relaxed. We're not tensed up. That's generally the things that come to us as we experience peace. It's fascinating to me the amount of research that's been done around that to say all of that is available to us all of the time. The idea about us practising mindfulness is that sense of being able to just catch those thoughts that are freaking us out and releasing all of those chemicals and so that's why we've done breathing prayers as a part of our times together. It's an opportunity to just slow everything down and I think it's fascinating that God's wired that into our bodies to say peace is available to you anytime, anywhere but we have to choose to tap into it. This is one of the key teachings that's part of all the way through the New Testament. Do not fear, but experience peace. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, we've been reading through 1 John over the last few weeks, John writes, such love, the love that he's been talking about and that we unpacked a couple of weeks ago, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows we've not fully experienced God's perfect love. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, so you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. And then in Philippians, Paul writes that when we pray and when we hand everything before God, we experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Over and over again, there was a bunch of other verses that I found and I decided we won't do lots and lots of them, but there are so many verses in the New Testament that talk about this idea of saying, don't fear, don't be afraid, don't let anxiety rule but instead choose to embrace the peace that comes because of Jesus. He's come to set everything right, to bring wholeness and completeness, so choose peace over fear. So it's helpful for us to just kind of think about this practically. What does this actually look like? And so I thought of a few different examples through this week. So the first one is when we think about how we make decisions We can think about the difference between making decisions based on fear or making decisions based on peace. So when we make decisions based out of fear, we kind of rush into things. We make hasty decisions, we make rash decisions, we don't really think things through, we can lose sight easily of the bigger picture and what's really going on. And often that then leads to a fairly significant amount of regret because we just rush into things instead of actually making the best decision. But when we make decisions that are based on peace, we slow down and we say, what is the best case scenario for me to make in this decision? What is the thing that's going to bring the complete result, the whole result? What is the most loving thing to do is one of the ways that we often talk about that. What is the thing that's going to create a sense of peace, life the way that it's supposed to be? And this has always been a key determining factor for me in both my life and our life as we've made decisions, um, but also in lots of conversations that I've had with people over the years. When we're thinking about making really big decisions, this idea of saying, what are you hearing inside is a really, really helpful guide for us. And so when we've made big decisions about buying a house, when we've made big decisions about uh, moving to the other side of the world, when we've made big decisions about moving back from the other side of the world, when we've made big decisions around career, this sense of being able to say, does this create a sense of fear and anxiety in me or does this create a sense of peace? Which one is kind of reigning in that? And generally, this sense of wholeness and completeness, yes, this is the way that it's supposed to be. Even when it's a really big decision, that might be scary, but there's still this sense of peace that's there. But that's very different from a sense of fear that can come in big decision making i unpack that further by talking about the idea of risk-taking, so again, it's not to say that we only make decisions that are nice and safe, because that's coming back to the absence of conflict, that we want to just make decisions that don't have any risk attached to them because then everything's nice and under control. But fear actually stops us from moving forward. We have to take risks in our lives in order for us to be able to grow. Sometimes we can choose not to take risks because we're afraid of what it looks like if we fail. How does that reflect on us if we make a mistake and then it turns out that we were wrong? We can end up stagnating because we choose not to take any risks. So choosing to live by peace doesn't mean that we never take any risks, but the risks that we take are put in perspective because we understand that God ultimately is in control, that there is a bigger picture than just this one thing that we're going through right now. We understand that growth in our lives does involve us stepping out courageously into new things. It does involve us taking risks. We recognise that failure isn't the end of the world, that even if we mess up and everything goes wrong, it's okay. There will be another day and God still loves us. So risk-taking is helpful for us to think about. What does it look like to choose peace over fear? In terms of the way that we react to other people, particularly when we're going through something, it might be a bit of a challenging situation with someone, we can react out of fear, fear of what the other person thinks of us, fear of what the other person is going to say, fear of being rejected by the other person. Sometimes we can react because we're fearful about the ways in which other people will perceive us. So all these fears and anxieties that can then shape the way that we respond to different people. Reacting to other people with a sense of peace means that we recognize that we are complete and whole because of Jesus, end of story. So we don't have to worry about what other people think. We don't have to prove ourselves to others. Now this again doesn't mean that we just let everyone walk all over us. That's the absence of conflict and saying, well, we better just keep everything calm so that no one gets upset. It's not what we're talking about. We've talked about gentleness before as strength under control. Being able to recognize it's okay for us to stand up for ourselves we do that in an appropriate, peace-filled way. If we believe that Jesus has come as the Prince of Peace, if we believe that Jesus has come to establish a kingdom of peace, then that means that Jesus has come to allow us to live our lives with peace as the determining factor. Wholeness, completeness, life the way that it's supposed to be. Now the challenge for us is, the same as we've talked about all the way through this series, that we don't experience that 100% of the time. Just like we don't experience hope, love and joy all of the time, we don't experience peace in our lives all of the time. There is this element of now and not yet, that we genuinely believe Jesus has come to establish a kingdom of peace, but we know that at some point when we pass from this life to the next, we'll get to experience it 100% of the time. And in the meantime, we're kind of stuck in this in-between zone. Jesus comes as the one who brings peace into our lives, who creates the opportunity for us to choose to experience peace, for us to experience wholeness and completeness. Jesus has come to do everything necessary for us to experience that. But we have to make the choice to say we're going to be people who embrace peace and we're going to be people who share peace with the people around us. So I wanna give you an opportunity to do a little bit of reflecting on that. So I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes to just be able to think about this question. Am I living by peace or fear this Christmas? As we head into this week, as we head towards Friday and the opportunity to celebrate Jesus' coming, am I living by peace or am I living by fear? I'd like to take some time to just think about those examples, to be able to say in the way that I make decisions, in the risks that I take, in the way that I interact with other people, what reigns in my life? Am I living by fear or am I living by peace? might like to think about that image of the sub again and to be able to say what's really happening below the surface? What's going on in my life underneath the waves? might like to think about what it looks like to be someone who's bringing peace into all of the different circles that you move. It'll take a couple of moments, you can jot some things down or share with the person next to you and uh, then we'll come back and we'll wrap up the series and then transition into communion. good for us to just pause and reflect on what it looks like for us to wrap up this whole series. This has been our Advent series, which as we talked about, is the opportunity for us to move towards Christmas and to get prepared. And so my hope and my prayer is that over the last month, as we've unpacked all of these different themes, there is a sense of you being ready for Friday and being able to celebrate in an appropriate way uh, what it means that Jesus has come being able to recognise that Jesus has come to bring hope into our lives, that we do have a confident expectation about what God's up to and what God's going to do because Jesus has come. I hope that you have wrestled with the reality that God is love and so everything that God does is all about love and that God has given you an opportunity to experience more of his love over these last few weeks. An opportunity to explore the theme of joy, to be able to say that Jesus comes as the light of the world, to push back the darkness and to be able to help us to see the way forward. And then today to be able to unpack this idea of peace and wholeness and completeness, that Jesus has come to do everything necessary for us to experience life the way that it's supposed to be. But I also hope that you've been challenged that as we head into this week, we're the people who God trusts to help other people to experience those things, that each one of us are hope bringers. We're the ones who have the opportunity and the privilege to come alongside of those who are feeling hopeless and to be able to share a message of hope, confident expectation about what God's up to in their lives. And we're the ones who have the privilege of being able to share God's love in tangible ways with the people that we connect with, that we get to shine the light of Jesus, that we get to be the people who help others to see the way forward, and to push back the darkness. And that we are peacemakers. We're peace creators. We're people who help to bring wholeness and completeness in the relationships that we have, in the circumstances that we go into. All of those things, God gives us the responsibility and the privilege of being able to share with people. So as you head into Christmas week, my hope and my prayer is that you can find ways of being able to experience that, but also to share that with the people around you.